0: Hello and welcome to Broken Vessels Mended by God, podcast where I teach lessons about the Bible. And lately we've been exploring the Gospel message, and we are in Lesson 3, so welcome. In Lesson 2 of Exploring the Gospel, we looked at the fall of mankind in Genesis Chapter 3 and how that fall afflicted the entire universe. Now that we are beginning to unpack the gospel message in these lessons, imagine you are talking to a non-believer. Could you briefly explain why we all need a savior, Christ the Lord? The fall of mankind To fully understand the Gospel message, we all need to know the consequences of our sinful nature. In knowing our nature, we see the need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the hero of the redemption story of God. In this lesson, we will look at that redemption. The hero takes the stage in God's story. Now I'm an author, and as a writer of stories, I know the importance of the inciting incident on the plot diagram. The plot diagram starts off with the story opening up, and there's a little bit of exposition or background information, and then boom, the inciting incident happens at the end of the first act, typically. And it is an incident that changes the course of our heroes' life, the hero of the story. The course of his or her life is changed forever. Now the incident can be something wonderful like winning the lottery or finding out you're a wizard and you're headed to Hogwarts school. Or it could be something awful like an accident or a diagnosis. In God's story, the inciting incident was when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden and they were kicked out forever. This one incident changed the course of Adam and Eve's lives forever and it changed the story of God forever. The inciting incident introduced the need for a Savior. The journey of Jesus happened because Adam and Eve sinned. The world began to die as soon as they sinned. So God sent his son to redeem the world. Other stories that we write or that we love to read might have a hero who sets out to save something or someone, but no other story written by man could ever match the story of our savior, Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 4, it says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. redemption. In John chapter 1 verse 29 it says, the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What does redeemer mean to you? How would you define it? A redeemer is a person who repays or recovers, or exchanges something for something else. Remember when we used to take coupons to the grocery store? Sometimes we can still do it, but at the grocery store, the cashier would redeem them for you. Do you remember that? She was exchanging the coupon for something else, and once you used or redeemed that coupon, it was marked as redeemed and could not be used again. So when you see this example or hear this definition of redemption, what comes to mind in regards to what Jesus did for you? Once you see the definition of redeemed, you begin to see a clearer picture of what Jesus did for us. He restored us. He redeemed us to God. He renewed us. Jesus, as our Redeemer, is repaying our debt of our sins, recovering the life with God that we lost through sin, saving us from death and destruction, exchanging our cursed life for his righteous life of joy and peace. Remember, people in this world are seeking They're seeking a solution to what is wrong with the world, and they ask those key life questions. Where did everything in the world come from? What went wrong with the world? And what's the solution to what went wrong? So how would you answer those questions? Where did everything in the world come from? What went wrong with the world? And what's the solution to what went wrong? Perhaps uh, an atheist or someone who studies evolution might say everything evolved in the universe. What went wrong? Well, morality or religion. What's the solution? Well, get rid of morality and get rid of religion. The discipleship coaches at the Billy Graham Evangelical Association hear these questions from many online guests. Questions like, Who or what will rescue me? Who or what will repay, redeem what is broken? It's heartbreaking to think that thousands of people out there need to know the answers to those questions. Why isn't the message of the world answering these questions for them? So when they ask, who or what will rescue me? If you tell them evolution, that's not quite the same as telling them Jesus Christ. Because the message of the world can never solve the problems of the world, people are left asking. In 1 John chapter 2, we're told the world and its desires are passing away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Laws and acts of Congress and social programs and global taxes, etc., These worldly solutions will never work because our sinful nature is what destroys everything, including the best of intentions. Our sinful nature is what keeps entropy going. Remember entropy is everything descends into chaos. Nothing we do can ever stop entropy. No. Act of Congress, no law, no good intention. The world cannot possibly provide solutions because the world is part of the problem. The solution we need must come outside of the world. And Jesus is just that person. He is God incarnate. And this time of year, we celebrate Christmas because that is the time when Jesus. God in human form came to us and touched down on the earth to redeem us. And in Matthew four, verses one through 10, we see how Jesus was the perfect solution to all our problems because he was tempted, just as we are, but he never sinned. We analyze this passage of scripture and we can clearly see how Jesus is the only man who ever successfully survived temptation without sinning. It says in verse four, then Jesus was led by the spirit. He was obedient into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That was the purpose of God. And then in verse 10, Jesus said to the devil, away from me, Satan, for it is written Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There Jesus used the proper use of God's word to rid himself of Satan. Jesus chose to trust and obey God and God's word and live a completely righteous life led by the Holy Spirit. That is the perfect solution to the world's problems of brokenness and despair. The Hero's Journey In literature, when we writers decide to write a story of a hero, we must take this person on a journey of some sort, so that you, the reader, also go along with this hero. During this journey, The hero finds allies and discovers enemies and endures trials and temptations. And the hero must choose to continue no matter what in order to save their world or to to solve the problem. We've seen this happen in Greek stories like the Odyssey, Achilles, and we've seen this storyline in King Arthur and the Lord of the Rings, even the Harry Potter series. The journey goes something like this. There's a call to adventure. And so the hero leaves his known world and sets out on this journey. There's sometimes a refusal of the call, but then a supernatural aid comes in or a mentor comes in to keep our hero on the journey. And then they cross the threshold of the known world to the unknown. And there they have new allies and they even run into enemies and begins the road of trials and tribulations until they meet their big ordeal maybe the death of their mentor happens you know like Dumbledore or Gandalf there might be a battle with a close brother like we saw in Return of the King and then there might be a temptation to join the evil or to join the enemy And then the hero starts the journey back, back to the known world. At first he might refuse to return, but then he's on his way back, where he'll receive the ultimate reward, and he'll become the master of the known world and the unknown world by the end of the story. So that is a typical hero's journey that you've read in dozens of books and have seen in movies. But for Jesus, the hero of God's story of redemption, his journey looked a little different. Jesus was born a little baby, grew, and then started on his adventure. He obeyed the call of God immediately. His supernatural aid was the Holy Spirit. And Jesus left his known world of Bethlehem and Nazareth to go into the unknown world. He crossed that threshold where he encountered new allies, his disciples, but also enemies, the religious leaders, the Romans. He suffered his road of trials there, some successes, some failures, some setbacks, where he had to flee for his life. He endured his call to ministry, and then he suffered the big ordeal, the death of a friend, Lazarus, the battle with his disciples. He's arrested. He suffers temptation to want to flee, but he stays firm to the call of ministry, and he starts to head back to the known world that he came from, and he remains obedient even to the point of death a criminal's death on the cross, and he wins the ultimate conquest where he becomes master of heaven and earth. That's the journey of Jesus. When we see in scripture that Jesus endured all the temptations, trials, and punishments that we deserved, we are encouraged because he accepted the call to obedience on our behalf. The difference between the journey of Jesus and a typical hero's journey is that Jesus came to serve others and then die for others including his enemies. In Mark chapter 10 it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus gave himself as a sacrifice for many to pay the full price, the penalty, for our sins, to reconcile or ransom us back to God. In Luke 24, we read the famous Easter story. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, The Son of Man must be raised over The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. In the hero story of Jesus, we see the problem. A dying world separated from God by sin. The action that was needed? Christ's death and resurrection from the dead. And the results? the world is now saved from God's wrath and destruction if we believe Jesus rose from the dead in first Peter he wrote praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead you see Jesus rose from the dead as he said he would opening the way to new life and living hope with a holy God. Paul wrote in Romans 8, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So Jesus died and rose again and ascended to God's throne as Lord of heaven and earth, the master of heaven and earth. And now he intercedes for us. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wrote, In Christ shall all be made alive. Amen. The Better Adam. Sin entered the world through Adam but hope entered through Christ Jesus. Now do you see what we miss when we refuse to mention sin and man's sinful nature when we share the gospel? We remove the significance of what Jesus accomplished for all those who believe. Jesus is the better Adam because he is the new head and representative of the human race. He is now our standard, capital S, by which we measure all other humans and all other things created by humans. Because of what Jesus did when he rose from the dead, we can now claim we are credited with Jesus' righteousness, as though his perfect life is now our perfect life. We are crucified with Christ. Sin and its power is buried in his grave. We are raised with Christ into his victorious life. We are spiritually seated with Christ in heaven, ruling with him in the kingdom of light. Oh, isn't that so much better than anything else this world can offer? So when online guests who call into the Billy Graham Evangelical Association call centers are often at or near the end of their own efforts to make life work. They sometimes explain how they've tried everything, religions, good works, alcohol, drugs, and nothing works. They have tried everything this world has to offer, but only God can give us peace, the peace that we are searching for. Only God can give us newness of life and the joy we are searching for because everything in the world is passing away what is the message the discipleship coaches give to each of the callers surrender to jesus only he can save you remember people in this world are seeking a solution to what is wrong with the world How could God's great story answer this question? When they ask who or what will rescue me and redeem what is broken, we say Jesus Christ. We were made for a purpose, each and every one of us. And that purpose is to share this message of hope to the world. Why? Because this is the message the world so desperately needs to hear. When you read Psalm 105, proclaim his name among the nations, tell others all that he has done for you, tell of all his wonderful acts. Psalm 105 says, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Isn't that beautiful? So what did you learn about God today that maybe comforts you or possibly challenged you? And if you like what you've heard, subscribe or follow my podcast for more lessons coming up. And next time in Lesson 4, we'll have our final lesson in exploring the Gospel, where we will look at restoration. The new creation that awaits all who call upon the name of the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me today on Broken Vessels Mended by God. And until next time, God bless.